620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Welcome to SaskAg Today, brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan. Wants to buy your seed? Visit MilliganBio.com and buy our cola co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. I'm Tanner Wallace-Scribner filling in for Ryan Young. On today's show, we're going to talk about a series of workers from Viterra who possibly could be heading towards strike, as well as a GPS tracking device that has finished its study in rural Saskatchewan. And the results of that will have all that plus many more. The resource report, market update, farm weather, all in its usual spots. That's all coming up next on Saskatchewan agriculture today this is saskag today with your host tanner wallace gribner Welcome to Saskag today for Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and farm fresh water. Fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. Members of the Grain and General Services Union, Local 1, which represents Viterra Country Operations and Maintenance Workers, and Local 2, which represents workers from Viterra's Regina head office, have reached an impasse with the organization over bargaining negotiations. After more than a year of negotiations, the unions, who have been frustrated by the lack of progress, members in both unions have overwhelmingly voted to reject the company's final offer. They also voted to authorize strike action should it become necessary. The key issue at the heart of these negotiations include reliable wage increases, better work-family balance, health and safety, and more respect in the workplace. The union says it's committed to finding a fair and equitable resolution that benefits both parties. As Local 1 and 2 prepare for a potential strike, the union say that the ball is now in Viterra's court to address the concerns of its workforce and demonstrate a genuine commitment to its employees, and customers. We'll be right back after this. We're back with Saskag Today with Tanner Wallace-Gribner on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. An evaluation of GPS tracking devices conducted in rural Saskatchewan has shown that not all are created equal. In an effort to improve transport by security, Guelph-based Farm Health Guardian in cooperation with the Saskatchewan Pork Development Board and the Canadian Agri-Food Automation and Intelligent Network conducted a pilot project under which the performance of various GPS tracking devices was assessed under real-world conditions in rural Saskatchewan. Farm Health Guardian and CEO Rob Hannum says the devices were installed in the trucks that regularly move pigs to and from the farms that volunteered to be part of the study, and there their technologies emerged the winners. The pilot project we ran with Sask Pork uh, was really about testing technology, GPS technology, in real-world conditions. We all know that uh, something might work in a lab or might work in a city or an urban area, but testing it, you know, in the summer and the winter in rural uh, Saskatchewan is quite different. So we wanted to make sure we did that uh, and give it a good run for its money to make sure it's going to work for producers once we uh, start offering and selling the technology. He says it's very important to be able to track the movements of the trucks. Lots of studies and researchers have shown that, and, and producers know this, that truck movement and people movement as well to some extent can be a vector that transfers disease. 
And so we think of it in terms of transport biosecurity. So making sure that producers have really tight procedures so that their trucks are clean uh, and, and they're not inadvertently transferring a disease from one farm to the other that they may not even know is present. Hanum says they tested many types of technology and narrowed them down to three. Well, we landed on three technologies that we've now approved uh, and, and are confident that they're going to work for producers uh, based on the, the research we did in the study. So thanks to Sasport and to the, the producers that were involved and tested it out on their trucks. Uh, and where we landed on, there's, there's one device we call Passport L. It's a brake light, a GPS-powered brake light that replaces the light in the back of any livestock trailer or feed truck. It's a four-inch light, and it just works fantastic. So that was one of the winners. Uh, and we would call that a powered GPS device because the power comes from the lighting system of the truck. So it's always got power. As soon as you apply the brakes on your trailer, it's recharging the battery inside that light. And so we get really good signal um, no, no matter where the truck is. So that works great. The second uh, technology we, we looked at was battery-powered. Not all vehicles have a four-inch brake light. Let's say manure haulers, for example. Uh, those, those trucks or wagons might have something different. And so we have a battery-powered device as well. That particular device is actually manufactured by BlackBerry. Uh, and, of course, they're well-known for, for data security and for reliability. And, uh, and so that one was also one of the winners. And the third device is one that's for passenger vehicles. So pickup trucks cars, vans, and it plugs in right underneath the steering wheel, just where you'd have the, the diagnostics that your mechanic would plug into to, to check and see if the car is working. Well, that same port can be used for GPS transmission. So our Passport A device plugs right under the steering wheel, and again, it's powered, so it works quite well. Those were the three winners from the tests that, we've, that we did as part of this pilot. That was Rob Hannum, the CEO of Farm Health Guardian. We'll hear more from him coming up in our next feature. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Welcome back. Now a look at today's ag review for Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers and brought to you by My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and cry their low-risk grain auctions. Now here's Doug Falconer. Well, we st- we worked with about a dozen farm properties and Canadian canola and wheat carryout for the 2023-24 marketing year will likely end up above earlier projections. According to the latest outlook for principal field crops from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, released Friday. The usage and ending stocks adjustments account for updated production estimates released by Statistics Canada earlier in the month. With canola production up by nearly a million metric tons from earlier estimates at 18.328 million tons, canola ending stocks for 2023-24 were raised to 1.45 million metric tons from 1 million in November. That compares with the 1.506 million metric ton carryout reported the previous year. Projected wheat ending stocks were only up by 350,000 metric tons from November at 3.950 million tons, despite a 2 million ton increase in production to 31.954 million tons. 
Wheat exports for the marketing year are now forecast at 23.2 million metric tons from 21.3 million in November and 25.666 million a year ago. Other highlights of the report included a 200,000 metric ton increase in the barley carryout to 750,000 metric tons. P-ending stocks are forecast to be much more comfortable than earlier estimates, now at 570,000 metric tons from 275,000 tons. However, the projected lentil carryout was cut in half to only 50,000 metric tons. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 95% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 19, a modest increase from the 94% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week. The improvement in performance reflects improved performance for CN and a decline in performance for CPKC. In supplying 98% of cars ordered by shippers in week 19, CN saw performance improve notably from the 89% order of fulfillment performance they posted in week 18. CN performance returns above the 90% performance threshold for the third time in the last four weeks after falling below that threshold the previous week. CPKC performance declined from the prior week with the railway supplying 93% of shipper orders in week 19, a decline from the 98% order fulfillment performance posted the previous week. CPKC performance remains above the 90% threshold for the eighth consecutive week. Oil and natural gas giant BP is joining four of the world's five largest container shipping companies in halting traffic through the Red Sea because of the risk of attack from Yemen's Houthi rebels. Both oil and European natural gas prices rose partly over market nerves about attacks by the Iranian-backed Houthis, who confirmed two new attacks today. About 10% of the world's trade passes through the narrow waterway that separates Yemen from East Africa and leads north to the Red Sea and Suez Canal. Ships will now have to go around the Cape of Good Hope at the bottom of Africa, adding days to voyages. Canada's proposed grocery code of conduct will usher in a new era of fairness and transparency and stabilize grower incomes. That's according to the Fruit and Vegetable Growers of Canada. They say it isn't expected to increase costs to consumers. The code has run into headwinds in recent days as two of Canada's largest grocers expressed reluctance to sign on to it. Loblaw Executive Chair Galen Weston told the Standing Agriculture Committee the code as currently written would cause higher prices and Walmart Canada Chief Executive Officer Gonzalo Gabera expressed similar sentiments. Weston said Loblaw takes issue with clauses that govern written contracts with suppliers, whether retailers can charge suppliers fees when orders aren't fulfilled, and others. However, Michael Medline, CEO of Empire Company Limited, which owns Sobeys, supports the code. The governor in council has extended Doug Chorney's appointment as chief commissioner of the Canadian Grain Commission until April 30, 2024. This extension will provide the Government of Canada the time to complete the open, transparent and merit-based selection process that was launched earlier in 2023 to fill the position. Chorney has agreed to continue in the role of chief commissioner during this process. 
The government of Canada says it's committed to using selection processes to fill the governor in council positions across the country, including for appointments and reappointments. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair drop-in with no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Here's Phil Spivak. Canadian canola and wheat carryout. Well, I'm looking at a lot of temperatures that are not where they should be for this time of year, but in a good way. We have more temperatures this week almost every day where we're going to be above the freezing mark. Normal high today, minus 9. We've already passed that coming out of the morning. We're going to get up to around 0, 1 degree this afternoon. So that's right there, 10 degrees above normal. The normal low, even more impressive, minus 21 this time of year. Tonight, we'll get down to minus 5. That's uh, doing the math, 16 degrees above normal. And that's pretty much where we are for this week. We're going to stay in this impressively mild pattern. There is a bit of a swing, actually, and there's some slightly cooler air that's cutting in from our west to the south, cutting into the central U.S. It's not really impacting us. It's angled in such a way our ridge of high pressure is in such a position that we're not seeing much of an impact. We're just staying mild. We'll drop off a degree or two tomorrow. Still very mild, minus one with a mix of cloud and sunshine. Also noteworthy, not much more wind. A little wind this morning, fairly breezy at times, but coming into the afternoon now, especially tonight, very light wind and not much of wind tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night. It will pick back up on Monday as temperatures head up for the end of the week. Back up to one degree on Wednesday. The wind from the southeast, 20 to 35. Morning wind chill, a bit of a bite, not by December standards, but by this week's standards. Sunshine for Thursday and Friday, both days again featuring temperatures that are above freezing, two degrees on Thursday, three degrees on Friday. Into the end of the week, excuse me, the weekend, early next week, the holidays, a little bit cooler. Temperatures heading back toward reality, it looks like, but still very little direct weather impact, no uh, significant snowfall for us. That was Phil Spivak with Precision Weather. And again, the normal high for today is minus 6. Normal low is minus 21. Sunrise was at 8.55 this morning. Sunset is scheduled for 4.55 tonight. Looking around the province at this hour, the hot spot in the province is Cypress Hills Provincial Park at plus 6. The cold spot is Collins Bay at minus 12. Other areas, Estevan minus 4. Yorkton minus 5. Swift Current plus 2. Saskatoon in Wayburn come in at minus 5. In Regina at this hour, it's minus 5. And in Moose Jaw, it's 0 degrees. That has been your farm weather forecast. We will be back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Tanner Wallace-Gribner on 620 CKRM. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems. Expert in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter, Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. In an effort to improve transport biosecurity, Farm Health Guardian, in cooperation with many other organizations, conducted a pilot project about the performance of various GPS tracking devices in rural Saskatchewan. Farm Health Guardian CEO Rob Hannum outlines who was involved in the study. Well, we we worked with about a dozen farm properties and about 20 trucks that are that are working in the, the swine business in Saskatchewan. And so we had feed mills uh, and we had uh, different uh, other feed companies and livestock trucks, and a range of farms across the province were involved. So uh, we got it. We got a good test on it. Um, all of the data for the pilot project was was kept confidential uh, because it was just a test. Each owner of the truck or owner of the farm, of course, can see their own information, and that's helpful to them to be able to check their biosecurity protocols. Um, and so that that's how we uh, approached it. Was like the. The, the data from their individual vehicle is belongs to them, uh, and then they can use that to proactively check protocols. Or if there was a disease outbreak, they could do that trace back that a veterinarian would want to do. They can do that instantly. Hannum explains the significance of what was learned through the project. Well, the the first thing I guess we learned is that um, when it comes to GPS devices for vehicles, they're not all created equal. We had three or four other technologies that I haven't talked about that failed our test. <laughs> so uh, they're not all created equal when you're in real life farm situations. And so uh, so that was a real valuable learning. And we found some that are going to work uh, and work, work well for producers. And the, I guess the other finding was related to the software uh, that, that, you, that can display the data. So it's, we use mapping technology um, and what we learned, I guess, is, is that the, the maps that we generated um, that the producers could see of their own trucks, they were useful both to be proactive and also in a disease response. We kind of went into the project thinking, hey, this is great if there's a disease investigation. If we have a disease outbreak, the vets can respond much quicker with digital data that's combined into a, a platform they can use. But what we learned is it can be used proactively as well and actually uh, alert people if the biosecurity protocols aren't followed, uh, even if there isn't an outbreak, uh, just making sure they're following the rules they've set for themselves. And so we call that a biosecurity breach, and we've actually developed breach alerts uh, based on some of the findings from this project. He then goes into the recommendations for producers who will be using the technology. Yeah, the first recommendation we, we would make is Transport biosecurity is extremely important. Pro- producers know that, um, but we, we just want to really reinforce it, uh, that making sure they know where their vehicles are, where they've been, and if they're following the rules they've set for themselves is, is quite important. And as our farms get bigger, or as we're having you know, new drivers drive our, our trucks or equipment, or we've got new employees that may not, they're just learning about the business or learning about biosecurity, 
sometimes the rules don't always get followed. And this, it creates a training opportunity where you'll notice in advance if something isn't followed and you'll be able to correct that and, and make sure you put the training in place and they learn from that error and don't make it a second time. So that, that's our first thing is it's time to watch this even more quick, even more closely than you have been when it comes to transport biosecurity. Uh, and that's the first, I guess, recommendation. And the second is that GPS technology can be a, a great way to do that because it not only helps you proactively, you know, see these issues before they become a problem, but if there ever was an outbreak, uh, then you can respond much more quickly. Our customers report that, that they can respond within minutes, which it, to, to uh, outbreaks when it would have taken them hours or days to respond, they can respond in minutes. So we're getting close to real-time response when they can use a technology like this. He then explains how anyone interested can get more information. Our research report is available on our website. It's a free download. So if you go to farmhealthguardian.com and then just look for resources and there's a research report right there. It's about 20 pages and it's got all the findings and that's free to download. I would like to say thanks to the, the group that helped fund it. In addition to Sask Pork's cooperation, the Canadian Agri-Food Automation and Intelligence Network, Kane, uh, they they provided partial funding for the project, and so we'd like to acknowledge Kane uh, and their their contribution to the project and to the sector. So just go to our website, farmhealthguardian.com, and look for research report, and you can find it there. That is Rob Hannum, the CEO of Farm Health Guardian. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small Town Lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. It's a new era for the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan. At its annual general meeting in Regina last week, it was announced that longtime executive director Kevin Hirsch will be stepping down from the roar at the end of January, and St. Gregor area farmer Darren Youngman will take over. Youngman stepped down as the chair of the commission to become executive director with support from the board. David Nobbs was elected as the new chair. Hirsch reflected on his 15-year-plus leading the organization. Well, I was one of the founding directors of the Canary Sea Development Commission when it was put into place in 2006. And for a while, it was managed by the folks with SAS Canola. But uh, when that ended, uh, I became uh, applied for and became uh, executive director. And Adele Bittner of Agribus Communications became general manager. And we've been, we're not exactly sure, we think it's about 15 years now that we've served in that role. And Adele will stay on and help the Canary Seed Commission on the whole human food use of Alpiste, uh, dehulled canary seed for the human food market. I've uh, just I've been here, you know, 15 years. It's time to work on a few other things, including with uh, Harvard Media. And it's always good to have someone new step into the role and 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 take a look at it from a, a fresh point of view. And 
the chair, the, the producer that has served as the chair of the Canary Seed Commission uh, for the past number of years, Darren Youngman, is stepping down as a director and will be assuming the role of a executive director. So I'll stay on and help with the transition to the end of January, and then it'll be uh, uh, Darren Youngman's uh, organization to, uh, to work for. What else can you tell me about uh, Darren and, uh, you know, how, you know, he can uh, do the role uh, as well as, as you have over the last 15 years? Well, everybody brings a, a different management style, but uh, Darren uh, is a, grows a lot of canary seed and does a really good job growing it up in that St. Gregor area. And so he really comes at it from a producer's point of view from the the agronomics and varieties has been really engaged in working to the human food market and has has kicked around the board for long enough that he knows all of the ins and outs and and knows all of the people that the board works with in in academia and research. So he's he's an excellent person to uh, take on this role because he, he knows all the players and is passionate about it. So looking for good things from from Darren Youngman in the years to come. Awesome. And one more for me, uh, just to kind of reflect on the organization from the time that uh, you had the reins to today. Uh, Is there anything that kind of stands out over the course of time, just, you know, how the organization has evolved from 2006 to today, for example? Well, the organization was formed believing that we could quite easily get human food approval for canary seed. And as it turned out, it took many years and a lot of dollars, both grower dollars and government dollars, to get human food approval in Canada and grass status from the USDA. So that was a long, long battle, far longer than we thought. And the the battle continues to actually get it into the, the food industry in a meaningful way. But some other milestones that I think the, the Canary Sea Commission can be proud of is that we got canary seed recognized as an official grain. So we have licensing and bonding protection when we sell our canary seed to a buyer. If that buyer goes broke, we know that we've got protection to get paid. So I think that was very useful. And it was very gratifying to see a a year ago that growers realized that the commission to be viable was going to need a little bit of extra money and uh, unanimously agreed, uh, the ones attending the annual meeting, to raise the levy from $1.75 a ton to $2.50 a ton, $2.50 a ton, which gives the commission resources to continue to invest in market development and especially research. That was Agri-News Director Ryan Young's chat with the now former Executive Director of the Canary Sea Development Commission of Saskatchewan, Kevin Hirsch. Here's the market update with Tanner Wallace-Gribner on 620 CKRM. Looking at the markets for today, Durham at 456.11, feed barley at 262.58, Tangola at 603.02, chickpeas at 1168.44, flax at 6. 3104 lentils at 787.50 oats at 286.32 yellow peas at 464.54 in one red spring wheat at 311.41 we'll be right back after this with the livestock report the saskag today livestock reports on your voice of saskatchewan 620 ckrm the livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now, here's the latest livestock quotes. 
Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards with a good run of cattle last week. Here's how it went. Good cows, they traded from 120 to 135. Medium cows are 90 to $1.20. Good bulls are 130 to 148.50. And to the heifers, feeding cows were 180 to 235. On our bread cattle, good bread cows traded from 2800 up to $3,500 with good bread. Heifers traded from 3000 up to 4500 but the bulk of them were 3000 to $3,600. Upcoming sales this Tuesday will be our last regular sale of the season. And then this Thursday, December the 21st, 1 o'clock p.m., we're going to have a good run of bred cattle as well. And that wraps up our year here at Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. Our first sale is going to be on January the 9th at 9 o'clock a.m. That'll be an all-class regular sale. We'd like to thank all the folks we dealt with all year for another good year in the cattle business. Merry Christmas, everyone, and have a good day. Coming up next, it's the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Now the Resource Report. The company building the Trans Mountain Pipeline has submitted evidence to support its claim that oil companies must pay more in tolls in light of the pipeline project's mounting costs. Trans Mountain Corp. says in a new regulatory filing that the increased costs of the pipeline expansion project were reasonably and justified incurred. The Crown Corporation has successfully applied for permission to charge oil shippers higher tolls once the pipeline expansion is operational, but only on an inter basis until the Canada Energy Regulatory makes its final decision. Trans Mountain Corp. wants to charge oil companies a benchmark toll that is nearly twice the amount of the 2017 estimate as it seeks to recruit some of the pipeline expansion project's spiraling capital costs. The pipeline project, which is more than 97 percent complete now has gone from a 2017 construction cost estimate of 7.4 billion to a most recent estimate of 30.9 billion. Trans Mountain Corp. said in a written evidence submitted last week to the regulatory that the project was affected by extraordinary factors, including involving compliance requirements, indigenous accommodations, stakeholder engagement and compensation requirements, extreme weather, and the COVID-19 pandemic. On the markets, the TSX is up 104 points, the Dow Jones is up 25 points, oil is up $1.73 to be trading at $73.16 per barrel, the Canadian dollar is up 10 one-hundredths of a cent to be trading at $74.64 U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Sask Egg Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's been Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.